Hello, and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. As always, thank you to everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. And if you want to support us, you can leave us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen on. And if you do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and DM us a screenshot of that review, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it. We also have really cool allegedly astrology stuff so go head over to t public and check it out and make sure you follow us we're on all the social media accounts allegedly astrology on instagram reddit hey hero and tiktok shortened allegedly astro on twitter you can visit our website allegedlyastrology.com to learn more about us or book a reading with me check out our charts and transcripts from select episodes so dana now i think it's a good time to find out what we're talking about today Um, (laughs) today we're talking about larry ray and the sarah lawrence cult this is a fascinating one but i am just gonna start off by saying this episode has a huge trigger warning we're going to be talking about sexual violence abuse and suicide so if you're not really feeling that today please Skip this episode and just know we have something much more lighthearted coming your way next week. So stay tuned for that. But for those of you who are staying with us, Larry Ray is an ex-con and con man that's facing 17 charges, including sex trafficking and extortion after running a cult out of his daughter Talia's dorm room at Sarah Lawrence College. Larry sexually and psychologically manipulated his daughter's friends for about a decade and made a ton of money from them, like literally millions of dollars, before being outed in a New York Magazine article and getting arrested. So let's learn a little bit about Larry. Oh, Larry. 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 (laughs) Larry Ray, a.k.a. Lawrence Ray. You know, my dad always says you should never trust someone with two first names. I know. That is a thing that I've also heard. I remember that every time I see someone who has a last name that's a first name, I think of what your dad said. Yeah. Literally. Thin lips and two first names. Yes. Never (laughs) trust a man with thin lips and two first names. You heard it here first on Allegedly Astrology. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, I mean, Larry had both of those. Um, He also went by Lawrence Greco, and he grew up in Brooklyn. He worked on Wall Street despite not having, like, any degree whatsoever. He co-owned a nightclub in New Jersey, which is so New Jersey, and... um, He spent five days basically in the Marines, but he honestly would never stop talking about it. And at one point, he really was an FBI informant, though they said he was an unreliable one. (laughs) (laughs) But then eventually he was arrested for being involved in a security fraud scheme with a bunch of like guys in the mob. Um, So what is his big three? And I just want you guys to know, how hard we had to dig to find this man's You, Elise. It was all you. Yes. It was a group effort, but we have this information from the very reliable source, truthfinder.com. <laughs> and I just want you guys to know that we had to pay for this information. That is how much we wanted it. So yes. we wanted to know this psychopath's birth date. And we invested in it. <laughs> Dana, why don't you tell them what what he is? Ever, anyone want to take a guess? We're listening. <laughs> well, also, it's like all of these people had their shit on lock. Like, yes, everyone did. And so we had to get the birthdays from Truthfinder, but we were able to uncover <laughs> Which a lot. Which were only so, available because know. of arrest records, right? <laughs> yes, yes. That is an important note that birth dates were only available on arrest records, which I'm sure there's a way to do that for free. But, you know... I'm still, I'm still, uh, I mean, I'm still investigating. We have for-profit jails. We're gonna have for-profit birthdays, I guess. Now, exactly. We're going to. Okay, he was born on uh, November sixteenth, nineteen fifty-nine, in Brooklyn, New York. We do not have a birth time, of course. So we're doing a solar chart where the sun is the first house. Um, he's a Scorpio sun and a Gemini moon. Really, the two most hated signs are this dude's uh, yeah, <laughs> big two. He's playing into like a lot of uh, Scorpio stereotypes, especially here in America, where Scorpio sits on the 12th house of the National uh, Sibley Chart. And so the 12th house is the house of criminals, under the table deals, um, and like the underbelly of society in general, as well as like non-shady things like topics. 
topics like hospitals. Um, but one stereotype of a Scorpio is that he certainly breaks is like being private. And this is where his Gemini moon comes in because this man doesn't shut up. <laughs> Classy. Yeah, like Gemini moons are thinkers and often in my experience with my friends, like they have a good amount of emotional cognition so they can tell what's going on around them, but they're not really emoting themselves and just like general intuition. Um, Gemini's like emote with words, which is really not emotion, right? It's like it's logic over feeling. So we know that he's always like talking shit. Um, and his moon is opposite his natal Jupiter, Mercury retrograde conjunction in Sagittarius. The moon opposite Jupiter can like be, um, I mean, it could be like really big and sort of like fun intuition. It's very fun, but also it could be the darker uh, side of this aspect would be like jealousy, which I think jealousy seems like fraught in the mob or like really woven in there. Um, yes. So this is interesting. Like Mercury retrograde in Sagittarius is definitely a placement that can spin a tall tale if any placement could. Um, Mercury retrograde is going to be closer to Earth. So it like is a very loud then. It's not um, it's not going to make someone slower. It's going to make Mercury in their mind like huge in their life. Um, And so Mercury, again, is the mind. It's how we communicate and like verbalize our experiences. And in Sagittarius, Mercury is a detriment. (laughs) So this is because Mercury is a planet that deals with like details. And Sagittarius is the sign of the whole picture. And it rules Gemini and Sagittarius is opposite Gemini. So anytime a planet is opposite sign, it rules. It is in its detriment. And planets in detriment can be like rebellious or like simply just not give a fuck. Like they're not going to be necessarily like idiots, right? They could just seriously not give a fuck or like just be rebels. And from a Freudian perspective with his chart, if we take the sun and the moon, the sun is the father, the moon is the mother. Um, A Scorpio sun will have like an aloof and potentially violent or just simply secretive father. And a Gemini moon will have like a verbal mother who likely or possibly discourages emotion in favor of logic, right? So this person could be like, Fathers, like, you know, I don't know. It just seems very mobby, I guess. Interesting. Larry did know people in politics and the New York scene, so he did seemingly have some decently powerful connections. He was pretty tight with Bernard Carrick, who was Rudy Giuliani's former driver, who eventually became the commissioner of the New York City Police Department. Yes, and... If you would like to learn more about Rudy Giuliani and the day that he farted openly in court, um, we do have an episode about that. I believe it's the bonus one, the 9-11 bonus It is. Even more (laughs) 9-11. Even more 9-11. You can learn about Rudy. So Larry is no stranger to going to prison. And while he's gone, he has a daughter. Her name is Talia. And she's a sophomore student at Sarah Lawrence College. Yes, and Sarah Lawrence is a small liberal arts college outside of New York. It's a pretty chill school. There aren't any majors. Julia Stiles' character in 10 Things I Hate About You was literally desperate to go there. So if you guys have seen that, you know the type of person that wants to go to Sarah Lawrence. Or if you guys went there. <laughs> yeah, you, you are went there. Cool. Julia I mean, it Stiles. sounds cool. You are Julia Stiles. <laughs> and you just kind of like take a bunch of classes. It's not like a real like party atmosphere. Most students are like bookish and smart. So you definitely have to like go out of your way to meet people there. Is it a women's college? It used to be. It was like started as like a college for women. You know, because it's named Sarah. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of like organized activities or like no majors there's like no we mentioned. Team. It's like, yes, there's no football team. Yes. I, mean, I don't know that for sure. I can just reasonably infer <laughs> I would that that is the there's case. there's no football team. So it's on this very eccentric, maybe I could say, campus that Talia and her seven other roommates lived in a dorm-style apartment together. And, you know, it's not a dorm. It basically was almost like an apartment on its own, but they each had a room and then there was a common room. So it's not like a huge dorm where there was like a ton of people there. Huh. It's just like them in this room and then the or in this apartment and then there's just like other apartments around them. So um, Talia's roommates were a group of introverts. They were artists. They were smart. Many also, though, were dealing with emotional and psychological issues. There was one that was kind of like trying to figure out their sexuality at the time. Um, Someone else was like just getting over a super hard breakup. And there were quite a few that were struggling with depression. And most of the kids, which I will refer to them as children, but um, most of the kids were 19 at the time. So, Dana, um, what were the themes for their perfections for the year? Just so anyone who doesn't know what annual perfections are, each year of your life is themed by a house in your chart. So the first year of your life when you're zero years old is your first house year, and that's dealing with, like, 
uh, coming into your own. The second is dealing with how you're going to make money. You know, when you're two or when you're one, you're making money. (laughs) But the eighth house year is for 19. And the eighth house is, I mean, the eighth house broadly relates to like death and pooled resources and inheritances. Um, And this house, because it's like the house of inheritance and death, it relates to things that are given to us, like things that are beyond our control. So this is like, also a place where like there's depression it's like sad it's like the transformation like it's the house where you go through shit to transform um it's a house of like death yeah so that is it's like small deaths like real deaths and symbolic deaths right i mean you're leaving your adolescence behind and you have Mm -hmm. to like find your own way it's a tumultuous time for anyone i loved it but yeah (laughs) (laughs) i loved it it's also because of all like things are that are like out of our control or things that are given to us. It's like the house of resentments, too. Um, and like maybe where we feel a distinct lack of agency. Um, the eighth house, the twelfth house, and the fourth like there are d- different ways to like remember this, right? So the eighth house, the twelfth house, and the fourth house are all the same element, and these are in whole sign houses, like they all relate to despair, pain, and like a lack of control or like just sort of like where dark things happen to someone or where things that like you face in life are difficult. Right. So that's sort of how I maybe learned it myself. Setting the scene. Setting the scene. (laughs) So Talia, Larry's daughter, was described as the leader of the group and she was constantly talking about her dad. And spoiler alert, she's real ride or die for him. And she would tell her friends things like, my dad is a truth teller who's been silenced by a group of powerful, vindictive men. (laughs) And that he'd been sent to prison for his heroic efforts to save me and my younger sister from my abusive mother. And his incarceration was the result of deep-seated government corruption so yeah she has she's got a lot so let's let's learn more about her big three we also found her big three on truth finder um thanks to elise's gemini mars aries mercury sleuthing um love to sleuth that mutual reception so she was born on july 31st 1989 the same year that i was born um <laughs> and she has a Leo sun and either a Cancer or Leo moon as the moon would have changed signs around 7 p.m. the night she was born. So the sun is at home in Leo and so I think Talia is a really good example of how a domicile planet can play out in ways that are maybe less favorable. Um although we know that she was like embodied the traits of a Leo because she was like one of like pretty much like the leader of her crew, right? She also has this like sociopath father and the son is a father and he like indoctrinated her basically to believe that he was like infallible, right? Or that he went to jail for like these insane conspiracies, um, which I just don't believe. Um, or that her mother was like not to be trusted. And if her moon's in cancer, then it would also be in its domicile and she might be like very sensitive or like aware of her emotional experiences. And if her moon's in Leo, then she would still be sensitive and require, like, validation from both her father and her peers. Like, uh, fire moons need validation. Maybe not Aries, but for sure Leo and Sag. Um, And so either way, she was born during a new moon, and this will make her, like, the star of her own movie, so to speak. uh, As new moons are, and especially the new moon in Leo, are, like, pretty much about self-development. Cool. Fucking Talia. And, you know, as Lee said, she was all about her dad she was a real daddy's girl and you know spoiler alert she's been named as a co-conspirator in like this whole situation so i am dying to know what is her by wheel with larry okay so the first thing that jumps out to me when i look at this is that talia's venus and virgo is conjunct larry's pluto so ven or virgo let's just look at virgo virgo is a sign of purity uh which also often then relates to sort of like impurity feeling impure or like exploitation of purity um venus is the planet that traditionally relates to young women it's also about uh sex and pluto is the planet of manipulation also sex so this is how i look at it just him like using her to i mean exploiting her and her purity like sort of right she has this like very pure vision of her father and then also him exploiting like him sort of using her as the plug to get his like uh the women he sold, the young women he sold. Yeah. Um, they also both have fixed sons, so this is going to be sort of like, I mean, it's it's like, how are you going to change their point of view? Like, they're, they're co-conspirators, I guess, is a very, like, he's a, a Scorpio son, she's a Leo son. They're butting heads, maybe, but they're in it together. They're, they're ride or die. These are two signs that are for sure fucking ride or die, right? Um, <laughs> they also both have their Saturns in Capricorn, and both were arrested when Saturn was in Capricorn, i.e. it was their Saturn returns. And Saturn uh, is a mm. planet that uh, it makes you grow or it punishes. Like, if you cannot grow, wow. then you will be punished, right? And so this is, like, the reckoning for them. Damn. 
Also, Talia's North Node in Aquarius is conjunct Larry's Chiron. And so I think she has more influence over him than is obvious in ways that she probably doesn't maybe even really know. But I also bet that, like... I wouldn't be surprised if he like loves her so much as the extension of himself, right? Like that's what a child is. But that's also how like they say like narcissists, like a true narcissist just sees every person they meet as like the extension of themselves. So I feel right. like her birth probably provided some sort of genuine healing and growth for him. But then he also was like, my kid, right? Like no kid of mine, that sort of thing. So that makes a lot of sense. So like the roommates are constantly hearing from Talia, like how Larry is this huge hero and then one day like talia's like oh p.s my dad's getting released from prison soon and he's going to stay with us and everybody's like like to us i feel like at our age right now we're like wow that's like fucking bizarre no but i think like when you think back to college life like you know you were like we're gonna fill a a kiddie pool with like fucking alcohol and like pineapple juice and we're gonna like black out like there's no rules like there's a weird person on our couch like i think it's just like rolling with the punches so what was going on the time he moved in and no one seemed to care that an old man was moving with a bunch of children so this was like late september 2010 um in bronxville new york and so the nodes are in Capricorn and Cancer, and this is the first set of eclipses since Pluto had entered Capricorn that the no, the that they were in the, these signs, right? So this is the first time that the North Node, uh, well, the North Node was in Capricorn at this time. So the North Node's in Capricorn, co-present with Pluto. Pluto relates heavily to power and manipulation, as I just said when I was talking about his Virgo Pluto. And in Capricorn, it's like real father energy, and it will relate to like structures and institutions like prison, especially private prison. Also, uh, Cancer is a sign of the moon and the mother, and it relates to nurturing and safety, and both Cancer and Capricorn can relate to manipulation. My lukewarm take, actually, is that Cancer is more manipulative than Capricorn, because Capricorn is just like, here's the truth. But anyway, that's really neither here nor there. Interesting. Um, Hey. <laughs> also, with Pluto freshly in Capricorn, like this is really setting the stage for like the decade of corruption, right? Also, the North Node in Capricorn in 2010, um, the North Node's like, it's about what's building in a society. That's why this is about like setting the stage for corruption. So, if anyone else remembers 2010, it's like pre influencer, pre tender, pre awareness of sex trafficking. So, it's, it's not like we know stuff now, right? It's pre-modern life in a, in a lot of ways, even though it was just a decade or a little over a decade ago. We were literally like BBMing on our Blackberries yeah, oh at that time. It. I love when someone, like when a guy I liked um, would be like, what's your whatever BBM? I'd be like, ha like this is it. Um, anyway, so cult <laughs> leaders were able to get away with a lot while we were BBMing boys. Um, and with the South Node in Cancer, like this is going to be a time when like nurturing and compassion are kind of low or ways when this is like sort of being flushed a little bit. Right. Um, and so like opportunities and like likelihood of manipulation are high. It also coincided with uh, unpaid internships. That's one way where it wasn't about just sex trafficking. Right. Uh, so like yes. exploiting our asses yeah. for so long. And everyone Wow. Uh, so, yeah. So, remembers like the summer of 2018, 19, and 20. That was when the North Node was in Cancer. And that was sort of like the time when everything was exposed. We kind of found out about like the Sacklers and Oxycontin. Like, we found out about um, Epstein. And then Epstein died. You know, he killed himself, uh, as we know. So, <laughs> we found out about Larry. The article about Larry was written in 2019, which we'll get to later. Yeah. So, wow. You know, also when he moved in, um, if we. Take the chart from September 15th. This was Mars at zero degrees Scorpio. So this would have been during his Mars return because he has Scorpio Mars natally. And it would have crossed his like Neptune and Sun. So this is a big time for him as a Mars ruled Sun. Ooh, damn, that's a lot. When Larry moved in, the roommates described Larry as intimidating but charming. And after he posted up in the common room, he really became the dad of the house. <laughs> He would cook them dinner, buy them takeout, clean up after them, which now we know he was just grooming them. But he also told them stories about how he was a big deal government agent. Ooh. Yeah. So they thought he was like this really big, important man. And it's also at this time that Larry started lecturing the students and trying to counsel them because one, remember, a lot of them were very vulnerable. 19 is that year where you're like stressed out you're like trying to figure out what's right in the world and also this to me is also nodding back to what dana was saying about having the note in cancer like that trying to be nurturing but possibly being manipulative and as a cancer moon i think i can say 
we know how to use emotions because we are so in tune with yeah, them. Yeah, my Mars so, enhancer, I weaponize them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, these kids are just trying to figure out their life. This man who seems to be super important says that he could help them. He tells them that he knew how to do these like special techniques that could discipline your mind since he like worked in the government and they believed him. And eventually this is super creepy. He moved into Talia's best friend Isabella's room to help her. Um, And Isabella had a boyfriend at the time and he was like, literally, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) But the kids liked Larry, and he had mandatory house meetings for them, family dinners. Um, One roommate, Santos, said Larry was cool, smart, and inspirational. Another one, Dan, felt really flattered that Larry, who was, like, in his mind, such an important person, was so interested in helping him. They all thought Larry was this very, like, caring mentor who was trying to help them. When winter break comes, and, you know, winter break is a time where you typically go back home to your parents, but... Larry asked Talia and a few of her friends if they wanted to stay with him in this apartment. And this is kind of like, honestly, where like the red flags just start like flapping into the wind and Larry starts to like reveal kind of kind of starts to like show his cards. So he calls Isabella's family. Remember, this is like Talia's best friend. And he calls her mom and he tells her mom that Isabella has been sexually abused as a child and she can't come home for winter break because if she does, she'll kill herself. And her mom is just like, literally like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm close with my daughter. This had never happened. But she kind of just like was like, if you say so, because I think she was just like kind of shocked about him saying that um so they all go stay at this new york city apartment and isabella's boyfriend is like whoa this is like a real red flag he said larry controlled every aspect of their lives while they were there what they ate what they did when they slept he claimed larry told him to stop taking his meds so when they go back to school from break isabella's boyfriend broke up with her because he was like the situation is really bad news And then, you know, the kids are, like, calling their parents to, like, say hi, like, while they're at school. And the parents are just getting, like, weird vibes because their kids are talking about this guy named Larry. And parents eventually went to the school to complain. But Sarah Lawrence kind of was just like, our hands are tied. Like, we can't stop a dad from visiting his child. Like, that's his right. So the brainwashing continued. Like, visiting is different than moving in. living. Like moving in and living amongst vulnerable students. I mean, they they fucked up a lot here, but I think they're trying to just like cover their asses. Oh, yeah. Um, because people rightfully so are like, how could this happen? And the truth is like Sarah Lawrence campus is set up. So you don't really run into the same people that often. Like like we mentioned, no majors. So you're not like seeing all the same students in all of your classes. It's kind of hard to keep track of people unless you're like actively trying to not that many organized activities it's just like a different kind of school so so the school year now we're at the end of it it comes to a close it's time for summer break and ray because he cannot get off his bullshit is like hey guess what i have an apartment and a bunch of you can come live in it rent free and truly like what a better gift to a bunch of broke college kids and saying you could live with me and not have to go home with your parents and you don't have to pay me rent so they're like Hell yeah. So Talia and five of the other roommates move in with Larry in a one-bedroom apartment. So they're all in a one-bedroom apartment on the Upper East Side. And while there, Larry continues to isolate the students from their families. And he begins taking blackmail, like videos and photos to use against them. So what's going on at this time? Because it's a dark moment. Whoa, this chart is crazy. Um, So I have the charts of... the charts of the first day of June, July, and August. And so this is a time when the solar eclipses were moving from Cancer and Capricorn into Gemini. Um, And so there's solar eclipses in Gemini and Cancer and lunar eclipses in Sagittarius. And this is a time, uh, we just had this happen for the lockdown. And I feel like this is a time when the stuff that you learn, like it's sort of like reverse indoctrination, right? So like we have this like sort of societal shift in like what's being nurtured. And then all of a sudden you're getting the language to back it up and how to understand it. So this is sort of like, forming its own society right like all these kids i don't know i have to imagine that kids are like 
maybe when they went to college, I'm just guessing at least one of them would have been like, well, what's the catch of me moving in with this old guy? But they've been already groomed, right? That's the word. Also, we had Mercury retrograde in Virgo into Leo most of August. And so this will influence the South Node in Gemini, right? And Mercury in Virgo is very persuasive. Mercury in, I mean, it rules Virgo, but it's persuasive in a way too that's going to have to deal with his Pluto and uh, the Venus. So this is sort of like really just like putting them together and like isolating all these girls. And it's like two guys, two guys and girls, the rest are girls. We also have Mars with the South node in Gemini from June through early August. And so this is going to be on Larry's moon and Mars and moon is very sexual together. Uh, It's like people like it in sinistry, but also it's like, it's going to strengthen his like persuasive powers just as much as that Mercury. We're getting a lot of Gemini, right? So Mars will also be with a South node. And so this is like Mars is the lesser malefic. It's going to be, fighting though uh i don't know it's just sort of like putting sexual also gemini can be like um what's the word uh promiscuous so just sort of like putting that energy into it that's creepy you say that i mean that's like a lot of like sexual stuff started happening around this time in the apartment we also have jupiter and taurus and taurus is a sign i mean taurus and scorpio is like the sex axis uh, and so I also feel like Jupiter and Taurus could be pimp energy, um, <laughs> you know, literally or figuratively. And then Chiron and Neptune both stationed retrograde in Pisces in June. And so I feel like this is like very much sex and deception, right? It's like sort of like Pisces is such an innocent sign. Pisces and Ju- or Pisces and Virgo both relate to innocence um, and like purity. And so that also relates to being like taken advantage of because it's sort of like, well, I mean, kids are innocent. Larry would alternate taking the kids out for expensive dinners, buying them presents, driving them around in limos with what he called group therapy sessions. And these sessions involved being interrogated until you cracked. Larry could also fly off the handle if you thought he if he thought you betrayed him. And betrayals could be for things as small as scratching a kitchen pan. He's like mobster yeah. David Miscavige. <laughs> oh my god basically yeah because yeah. like this stuff that he was doing just kept escalating and even though i think i think a lot of the kids were just struggling because they were like well everyone else seems to be like benefiting from this so maybe i'm just like the one that isn't getting it which i think also is that like node in gemini it's like where you're just like you know thinking and like language matters so much so it's kind of like trying to figure out like are the words he's saying really what he's saying or you know stuff yeah, like that the north that. node would have been in sag so too so it would have been like obliterating the details into like the bigger picture yeah yeah exactly and that's also we'll get to it something kind of larry would tell them all the time um so many of the kids still decided to live in the apartment when the new school year started so instead of living on campus they just started commuting from the apartment and while in the apartment larry convinced them that they were all broken and they needed to be fixed and the way to be fixed was by listening to him and doing what he said and when he felt that you sabotaged his teachings which honestly could really be because of anything he would deprive you of sleep he would humiliate you he would starve you he would abuse you threaten you become violent it was all for your own good larry would tell them so again dana that's like very much to me what you just said like don't worry about the details of me like beating you with a hammer it's because the bigger picture is you will be fixed but one thing he would do is freak out and randomly make false accusations about the people staying at the apartment so he would claim people They were trying to poison him. They would make them sign or record a confession saying they did try to poison him, even though they didn't. They would claim that the kids broke stuff in the apartment and they needed to pay him back or else he'd turn them into the government, which like (laughs) what? So they would like call their parents asking for money and the parents were like freaked out by Larry. So they would do it. So it was just like a very constant cycle of owing him money, paying him money. And at the end of the day, he was extorting them. Yes. And by this point, it seemed many of the students were just in super deep and they couldn't figure out a way to get out. Even when they were studying abroad, you know, he would make them FaceTime with him and they felt like they had to do it because they think he's like this secret government agent, this like guy with mob connections. So they're like afraid to like do anything because they don't want to get hurt or their family members hurt. Um, But One of the students even recruited his sisters into the cult, and his one sister, Felicia, was a Harvard grad that was in her, like, residency as a doctor, and she was, like, super smart. So eventually, 
Dan, one of the roommates was like, I like literally fuck this. And he went back to school and never talked to anyone there like ever again. He's also someone I DM'd asking for his birth info. <laughs> Dan, if you're out there, we want to hear from you. But yeah, not, not everyone was so lucky. Years went by, college ended. Dan, Talia, and Isabella graduated while others graduated late or not even at all. And one of the roommates, Claudia, her parents thought this was like the last time they'd see Larry, but they were wrong. The kids stayed in touch with Larry. He continued to extort and abuse them for literally another 10 years, even pressuring Claudia t- into sex work to earn money for him. Sad. So sad. I know. But then... Everything changed in 2019 when a New York Magazine article came out called The Stolen Kids of Sarah Lawrence. Highly recommend reading it. Yeah, fascinating. So good. Really good journalism. Um, Amazing journalism for sure. Props. (laughs) It's really long. Yeah, really long. Just set aside a few days. Um, But the article laid out all of Larry's bullshit and detailed how he had moved into his daughter's college dorm apartment and slowly brainwashed her friends and later extorted and abused them. So what was happening when the article came out? This was April 29th, 2019. And so, hello, well, the nodes were in Cancer and Capricorn, but this time the North Node's in Cancer. (laughs) So this is the nodal opposition of when he moved in, like when when the whole thing started. And this is just like any opposition might suggest. It's a time for situation reversals. And so the South Node was exactly conjunct uh, Saturn and Capricorn on this day. And also Pluto is like just two degrees away. This is all going to have to deal with like power and punishment. But eight hours before Saturn, like eight hours before it was published, like Saturn stationed retrograding Capricorn. So it didn't quite reach uh, the South or the the South Node, which I think means that, like, this wasn't the day that he was punished, but this was the day that it was sort of like, hey, like, this is what's going on, right? Um, And it wasn't, like, like you said, like, no one knew about it before this was published, which is wild. So it was like, this is like a situation where journalism uh, solved a crime, which is good, I think. Uh, So anyway. (laughs) Um, Also, we have the moon with Neptune and Pisces, and so this is like shedding light. The moon, whenever the moon crosses a planet, it's like bringing that reality in, or that the energy of that planet into like material reality. So this is like shedding the light on deception and darkness, especially since the moon deals with like it's at what happens at night and like the Neptune or Neptune is about deception. And then we also have Chiron, Venus, and Mercury all in Aries. And Aries is a loud mouth, and that's what we like about Aries. And so this is going to be about, like, communicating fucked up things that happened in, like, love, deception, and being used, and being like, hey, this is what happened to these people, or, like, these people being like, hey, this is what happened to me, right? We also have the Sun and Uranus co-present in Taurus, and so the Sun is the goal, and Uranus is what is changing. And so this is sort of, like, changing things about, like... Well, also, I mean, so a parent reading this might be like, okay, my kid is not secure. This is going to be about, like, what's security, right? Like... What are our goals for security? The goal for Sarah Lawrence probably after this was, you know, to have different security uh, measures for their students, I'm sure. I hope. This time, though, Mercury's in Aries. And so Mercury in Aries is ruled by Mars in Gemini. And Mars in Gemini is ruled by Mercury in Aries, just like Elise has. And our truth finder, Elise. Um, and so this is known as mutual reception. <laughs> truth finder. <laughs> and they're helping each other out. So, like, together they're cutting through the bullshit and just, like, exposing Larry. Like, Mars, that's very much what this mutual reception is about. Cutting through bullshit. Exposing Larry for the piece of shit that he is. (laughs) But yes, um, authorities really woke the fuck up after this article came out finally and they started investigating Ray. And this is when it became clear that he was abusing and extorting women, not only in New York, but in North Carolina and New Jersey, too. In fact, he allegedly made millions from a prostitution ring he was running this whole time. And this investigative report that led to an investigation led to his arrest so yay and when the cops came in he was in bed with isabella and was also living with felicia another member who he referred to as his wife remember this is like santos's sister he brought in that could have been a doctor so um what was happening the day larry finally got got that was february 11th 2020 in piscataway new jersey and so the loudest thing about this chart is that the sun is exactly conjunct as Chiron at 22 degrees Aquarius, Ooh. 
Ooh, the sun is the goal and it's shining the light. Chiron is the wound. Um, and this guy honestly is the, you know, it's the wound that won't heal and he's not healing. He's not doing anything to heal others. He's exploiting everyone. Um, it's festering ugh, like an yeah. old wound. Gangrene. <laughs> Uh, Gangrene wound. So the full moon in Leo was on February 9th, just two days before. And so this is like a beacon of light in the dead of winter. Uh, so this is sort of like, I mean, it's like, I think it's hope for the kids. Um, and then also we have Mars and Sagittarius now. So Mars is in the opposite sign that it was. So now it's like taking a look at that big picture, right? Like it could be activating from when he first moved all the kids in um, to uh, what's it called? The tiny apartment in the Upper East Side. So it could be oh, activating yeah. the North Node of that time. Like, hey, well, now here's the punishment for then. Um, and also, like, Mars or Sagittarius is, like, the uh, social justice warrior of the Zodiac, uh, along with Aquarius. But also, really, Sagittarius. Sagittarius is the optimist. And so Mars and Sagittarius is fun, but also wants to organize a protest. So it's like, fuck you. And it'll be on his Mercury retrograde and his um, Jupiter. So it's, like, not not really like you're not going to be able to pull this off anymore like now you're getting punished we also have jupiter saturn and pluto stacked in capricorn with the south node and so this is like justice and taking out the trash jupiter is justice saturn (laughs) is uh punishment pluto is manipulation and capricorns is all about um like structures and sort of like institutionalized power he would be capricorn i guess for them because that's sort of like the institution that they had become a part of and the south node is the flushing so it's like flushing all that out but larry ends up being denied bail and he's charged with sex trafficking extortion conspiracy money laundering racketeering racketeering (laughs) conspiracy and forced labor and he faced up to a hundred years behind bars so Larry goes on trial and it's just a complete shit show. People are listening to this testimony just being like, what the fuck? Um, just hearing about the abuse the students face in the apartment, which eventually resulted in a bunch of them attempting to commit suicide, a bunch of them staying in a psychiatric hospital. But the testimony that honestly made everyone just be like, oh, shit, was 31-year-old Claudia's. So what was going on, Dana? So this is March 18th, 2022. And so 31 is also a nine, uh, an eighth house year. So this is 12 years. She's completed the full cycle. So it does make sense. Like, it doesn't always happen that it'll be oh. this specific. But whenever you're in a, an eighth house year, whenever you're in, like, you've reached a year, the themes can keep coming up, right? So, like, your ninth house year, like, could be similar to your last ninth house year. But for her, this is, like, very dead on and very specific. Um, Damn. And so on March 18th was a full moon in Virgo, and then the moon moved into Libra mid-morning. So Libra is a sign of justice, so it makes sense that that's, like, materializing justice here on Earth. But the full moon in Virgo is going to be shining a huge light on his, like, manipulation, right? He has Pluto in Virgo. Pluto in Virgo is very much the generation that was, like... I will starve you if you don't wash this pan right. Like, it's it's so, like, crazy. And it's also, like, the generation that, like, started putting their kids on diets, right? It's the generation that, like, was really into, like, low fat. It's just sort of, like, this weird, like, starvation, I guess, in a way, was a lot of it. Um, um, but they came after also the Pluto and Libra, a Leo by, uh, generation. So this is, like, the generation that can't always really see themselves, whereas the other one was, like, could only see themselves. Um, so this, though, mostly, I feel like the moon for me is really symbolic of, like, all right, we have Mercury, Jupiter, Neptune, and the Sun all in Pisces. Mercury is like what is being talked about. Uh, Jupiter is like Jupiter in Pisces was is much about healing, not necessarily about like all the fun like fairy life that some of us were expecting. Neptune is also all about <laughs> deception, but the full moon opposite will sort of shed the light on deception. Right, the moon lights up the night, so it's sort of like, well, what was going on in you know in the darkness. Um, and so you're able to see it. And then once the moon moves into Libra, it's like bringing the justice down onto Earth. We also have the nodes in Taurus and Scorpio. And the south node in Scorpio is very much flushing, you know, sort of like we're going to be finding out a lot about criminals, I think, in the next few years. Maybe. I don't know. Let's yeah. fucking bring LFG. those people to justice. Um, but Claudia said that Ray had forced her into prostitution to make up for all the fake things she allegedly damaged and had to pay him back to replace. She worked as a sex worker seven days a week for four years and advertised her services for $8,000 per night. And she would give every single dime to Larry. And allegedly, Larry made more than two point five million dollars on this prostitution ring that served high-end clients 
Yeah, and Claudia also dropped a bomb that it wasn't just Ray she was working for, but also Isabella. And when she didn't do what she was told, Ray would beat her, threaten to send her to jail, and threaten to kill her. So real light shit. Then this all culminated in a night where basically Larry tied her to a chair and constantly tried to suffocate her with a plastic bag over her head for like hours that's so horrifying it's so fucked up but after it she like casually told someone about it and they were like you need to get the fuck out of there so they bought her a plane ticket and she like left new york and that was like the last time she saw larry um so what was going on the day she was free that's april 8th 2019 in new york and there's a little foreshadowing in this chart this is when jupiter is at 24 degrees sagittarius and in the chart where he's arrested it's at mars is at 26 degrees sagittarius so this is sort of like the light she's being free jupiter is all about freedom and it rules sagittarius so this is a big freedom thing but then it, also the justice like mars is like hey like you know jupiter is the benefic so it does the good thing of freeing her and mars is, is the punisher so mars comes in and punishes him also, it's three days bef- uh, after the new moon in Aries, but the new- the moon had been in Taurus at this time. The moon in Taurus is about security, so it's freeing her into security. And like, also, it's interesting that the moon in Taurus uh, is ruled by Venus, just like in her testimony. Um, it was ruled by, or it's in Libra, which is also ruled by Venus. But yeah, a new moon in Aries, too, is like a very fresh start. It's, uh, ancients would regard it as like the new... So, like, the new moon in Aries every year is sort of, like, what setting a stage. Like, it's a chart to look at if you really want to understand maybe what themes of a year will be about. So, at least for her, it was, you know, freedom themes. As Claudia is testifying in court, Larry, like, goes insane and appears to have a seizure. I mean, again, you can't believe anything this guy says. But the judge calls for a break, close the courtroom. Larry's, like, taken out on a stretcher. It's, like, a big deal. And also on this day, the Justice Department mistakenly released a (laughs) list of Johns that paid to have sex with Claudia. And the list was 125, 121 names, which was entered into evidence under seal, which means it wasn't supposed to be made public. (laughs) And included like New York lawyers, businessmen, socialites. I can't wait to find out what that list is. But apparently some people cross-referenced it with like known Epstein associates. And it's like... The same people are on there, so that's not surprising, I guess, right? If you're if you know one ring, you know the other. Exactly. Um, so what were the transits happening on this shit show of a day? So I don't think that he was telling the truth because Neptune is culminating, which means that it's on the midheaven, so that's like what the action of the chart is. And so Neptune is deception, right? Like he's, you know, I'm seizing, I'm seizing. You're a liar, Larry. <laughs> and also you're a liar. You're Larry. a liar. Um, we have the moon in Scorpio. Uh, so this is also just crossing his sun. Um, I mean, that's just like sh- a time when you're insecure every month. Um, but yeah, I think the Neptune culminating is the biggest thing for this this, this chart in terms of like... Because, uh, okay, so it was March 22nd, 2022 at 12.30 p.m., which is when they had to stop court. And so that's Neptune on the Midheaven in the ninth house, too, which is the house of courts. Um, oh, and damn. also it's along with Mercury and Jupiter. So there we do have like what justice is occurring, you know, and yeah. Mars and Venus and Saturn in the eighth. If we think of the eighth as like sex crimes, I guess, in a way, um, which I, I say because the eighth house is it's contended whether or not it's about sex. I think it is. It's about I mean, especially about a sex ring will ha- relate to the eighth house and Mars and Venus in Aquarius could be like freeing. Aquarius is the sign that about free the sign of freedom, but also Saturn there is there to punish. So I think that's having Mars, Venus, and Saturn all in Aquarius in the eighth house is about punishing a man who committed sex crimes. Since that day in court, Isabella, which once again this is Talia's best friend and someone who was seen as a victim initially of Larry, has since been charged with 11 counts including extortion sex trafficking and money laundering her trial is scheduled for july and she pleaded not guilty talia ray's daughter has also been listed as a co-conspirator but she hasn't officially been charged and larry was found guilty on all counts and now faces life in prison at his upcoming sentencing in September. I think we need to do the... (laughs) Yeah, literally. I mean, Fuck yourself, Larry. (laughs) Evil. 
We know that this has all been very heavy, but we could not help but notice that we're, there were a lot of similarities between another cult we covered, Nexium, and we won't go too much into detail about the King of Virgos, Keith Raniere, and his sex cult that was posing as a self-help group because we covered it in season two. But we'll link to it in the show notes, so definitely go check it out if you haven't yet. So both Nexium and the Sarah Lawrence sex cult were operating at the same time. So Dana, were there any societal transits that were happening that would indicate a rise in cults? I think this all has to do with Pluto entering Capricorn because it's all, that's one thing that happens like under the whole umbrella. So, and also with like the North Node there, right? Like it's not the thing that we think that it would be, or Pluto and Capricorn isn't maybe the thing, the planet that we think would be about cults, but Capricorn's about structures and also then therefore it's about culture, right? And so you could have these like micro cultures, which I think is what cults are. So Pluto entered Capricorn for the first time in January of 2008 and it will leave for the first time next March. Um, and then it'll leave for good, I believe, in 2025. But so maybe when I think Pluto and Aquarius is going to be a lot of exposing sort of these things and then also probably maybe going too far to correct them. We'll see. Um, but Pluto in Capricorn is like Pluto is all about a lot of things. I mean, one thing it's about is healing, but that's because it's like the pain of transformation. It's again, like this has to do kind of like Scorpio. I mean, this is why people associate it with Scorpio. It's like maybe like, you know, it's like breaking your bone to reset it. Uh, it's not comfortable. Um, it's also has to do with like sex manipulation, power, like whenever Pluto is like in a lot of charts of people in power, good and bad. So I feel like this had to do just basically with like new structures of power and also sort of, I mean, it, it was, it was when Obama got elected. So it wasn't, uh, it was a time of hope for a lot of people too, right? Um, but yeah, I think that Pluto and Capricorn will be looked at as the time. I mean, also it was when America was founded and it, there's no country ever like it before. But um, both of these cults, also another thing in common, is that they were both outed in huge publications, and that outing eventually led to the arrest of their leader. So is there anything similar between, you know, the charts of, like, the New York Times article for Nexium and, like, the New York Mag article for Sarah Lawrence? For when Nexium was outed, it was October 17th, 2017, and for... Uh, Sarah Lawrence. It's April 29th, 2019. And so the sun for Nexium was in Libra and the sun for Sarah Lawrence is in Taurus. And so these are both ruled by Venus. And Venus does have to do with justice. Ooh. Venus does want harmony. And Venus also relates <laughs> to women. And so these are both like things that have to do with women being exploited. Um, on the day of Nexium, uh, the article it has sun opposite Uranus. And for Sarah Lawrence, the sun is coming off of a conjunction with Uranus. So Again, Uranus always, well, not always, but I mean, we have yet to find a breaking news chart that doesn't have Uranus, I think, in a tight, uh, considerable aspect. Uranus is like exposing something. It's like diversions, also like surprises and anything that's a surprise will be, you know, breaking news. Also, we have Mars and Gemini and Mars and Virgo, uh, respectively. And so these are both Mercury ruled signs. And so this is like fighting words. It's like being able to like put pen to paper and sort of like achieve sort of, I mean, Mars is about power, but also sort of like achieve the survival. It's about survival, too. So and like yeah. it's putting that sort of to work. And then we also have something super interesting. Um, Jupiter is in a partile conjunction. So Jupiter um, or Saturn was at 23 degrees uh, Sagittarius when the Nexium article was published. And Jupiter was at 23 degrees Sagittarius when um the Sarah Lawrence article was published. And so this is sort of like, I mean, Jupiter, Saturn is the Punisher and Jupiter is like the healer. So I don't have exactly a thing. I mean, it's also where my moon is. So I guess maybe I'm destined to talk about it here on this podcast today. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I just think this has to do with like how much Sagittarius has to do in terms of like freedom and like liberation. So now obviously we need to compare Keith to Larry. So Keith was born uh, August 26, 1960, and Larry was born again on November 16, 1959, and they were both born in Brooklyn. So I don't know what's in that water besides making the bagels <laughs> great, but maybe it's making Damn. the men crazy. Uh, Larry has a son in Scorpio, and Keith has a son in Virgo, and both of these signs uh, really deal with precision, and both can be extremely exacting. I mean, if you're going to hire a cult leader, these are great signs I would choose. 
both also have Venus co-present <laughs> with their north nodes. And so this, I think, means that they're destined to be cult leaders. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I do think it's interesting in terms of, like, analyzing their influence because there are no similarities that we can draw from their Mars placements, which is maybe what you traditionally would look at for, like, a tyrant or a ruler, right? Like, where is their Mars? Where are they penetrating the surface? But, like, we here at Allegedly Astrology know a lot of Venusian men tend to be great occult leaders. Um, so... Indeed. Uh, I think in very literal terms, it played out for both of them. Like the North Node is like what is like sort of like destined to happen in someone's life. And Venus is like about sex and young women. Uh, It's about like, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Just sort of like very, it's a very fertile placement. They also both have Mercury and fire signs. And Mercury has no uh, technical dignity in fire signs. But fire signs are known for being vibrant and passionate. So this is infectious and persuasive. Uh, maybe it has no dignity because it's like, you know, really good here at certain things that maybe uh, just like convincing people like, hey, I'm here. I'm this is the right thing to do. Like charismatic. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Yeah. Lots of charisma. I mean, mm-hmm. so as of April 6th, 2022, the latest breaking news is that Larry has been found guilty on all charges. Like Sarah said, faces up to 100 years in prison and um, his sentencing will be in September, but like, you know, he's going to just be in jail for the rest of his miserable ass life, which is, you know, laying down that hammer of justice. So what is immediately obvious is that uh, so we just on Monday of this week had Mars conjunct Saturn at 22 degrees Aquarius. And so this is the m- conjunction of the malefics. It sets a new stage for a two year um series of like what is like going to be the problems for this time the last time um we had mars and saturn conjunct it was at zero degrees of aquarius and so that was in 2020 which was when he was arrested and so now it's like oh wow and it's it's conjunct his natal chiron partile partile means exact to the degree so both his natal chirons at 22 degrees and also the day he was arrested it was the sun was at 22 degrees so it's sort of like a really big deal i guess uh (laughs) <laughs> so yeah sort of like a really big deal but yeah this is mars and saturn teaming up to be like no Larry, or yeah no larry no larry you're not gonna do this <laughs> mars and saturn is a bear <laughs> on our watch. Um, no larry <laughs> also the moon was in gemini so it was his uh monthly lunar return and this sometime it was you know maybe his last lunar return with fresh air wow let's freaking hope good riddance to that dude also, I like to think it's also special because Venus entered Pisces and also instead of like we all know Venus is like fever dream, write a poem about me. I'm your muse. But also, as uh, an astrologer brought up, Astro by Max, um, and he brought up that a lot of things that uh, Venus and Jupiter do together are like themes around like treaties, like justice so Venus being exalted in Pisces, you know, is giving it dignity. And then Jupiter having like everyone was like Jupiter and Pisces. Finally, like we get this like breath of fresh air. And now maybe that's like coming to fruition. Everything that people actually wanted is being finally held by having Venus out of Saturn signs. Maybe mm-hmm. it's helping some of the victims get like a little bit of dignity back. Yeah, beautiful. Also, Venus left. Mm-hmm. Venus was maybe uh, as Venus was in Aquarius, right? Venus leaving Aquarius is leaving his Chiron. So it's sort of like you're left with nothing now. But when Venus was in yeah. Chiron it, or when Venus was in Aquarius, it was sort of like brokering the I mean, we said it was being gangbanged by Saturn and Mars, but it was also yeah brokering like the energy and like the negativity between Mars and Saturn. So it was like, you know, the padding. And now it's like, bye, bitch. You're going to prison. Again, this was a very heavy episode, and we've we've done a pretty two back to back heavy episodes about piece of shit grifters taking advantage <laughs> of like very smart and capable women, and we are very adamant about that point. So these guys are the criminals here. But you know, to give ourselves a lovely palate cleanser, we're shifting away from grifty cult leader dudes to the ultimate la 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 <laughs> that's la, right because dana's perfect pitch and tone i'm sure you got <laughs> spice girls from that <laughs> so yeah next week we're talking about the spice girls we're gonna focus on only like girl power women the 90s when things were fake pure but well with that i'm elise i'm dana <laughs> and i'm sarah and this is allegedly astrology 